the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, this is Sue Freeze coming to you from my social distance office during the COVID-19 situation, running our essential services to our customers. While we're being encouraged to keep our distance, I'll be staying away from our studios so I can do my part in keeping others and myself free from exposure. So I've handpicked some of my favorite programs to share with you during the weeks ahead. I've enjoyed hearing them again, and I'm sure you will too. Stay safe, stay well, and stay with God. This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Now, here's Sue Freeze. Thank you so much for joining the Sue Free Show. And, you know, usually I pray before I get on the air. So I'm just going to say a quick prayer. And I think it's really important that we are praying. It says, pray without ceasing in the Bible. And so we're going to say a quick prayer and just thank you, Lord Jesus, for this time. Thank you that I have been put in this position, Lord, to speak to your children. I am so in love with what you're doing uh, and what I'm seeing so much in my own family that I just want to say thank you for prayer requests that have been answered. And Lord, for all of the prayers out there, Lord, I just lift every single prayer up to you. And I want the listeners to just feel you and understand that you never sleep, that you are there for them day and night, night and day. And I just thank you for that. And I just ask that you guide our words guide our thoughts, guide our steps. And in all these things we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, perfect. So when I'm preparing for the show, I always ask the Lord and I ask my assistant, what do you think? What should we talk about? And it's November. It's the month of November. So in the month of November, we just um, celebrated or recognized, I shouldn't say celebrated, but recognized the fight against cancer and the fight against domestic violence. The Lord says to give thanks in all things. Now, sometimes that's easy to do. When things are going really well, it's really easy to give thanks, isn't it? But when things aren't going well, he's asking us to give thanks then too. And that's where, that's where the rubber meets the road. Uh, that's where we have a hard time. You know, in my business, I have good things and not so good things happening. And I know all of you can relate to some level of this, whether you work for someone else or you run a business or you run a ministry or you're the pastor of a ministry, wherever you are, whatever position you've been put in, we have both good things and not so good things happening to us. And it's all in how we deal with it. Our attitude towards these things that creates the ripple effect, creates the future. We're living in the present, we learn from our past, and we're moving into our future. So when I'm, when I'm hiring at Ecola Termite and Pest Control, which I am hiring, side note, if you want to have an interview, just uh, look up termitelady.com and pull down an application. But when I'm interviewing or when I post uh, an ad 
on any of the things that we post ads on, I'm always saying that we can teach skills, but I can't teach attitude. And your attitude of gratitude determines the altitude that you will meet. So I'm always looking in the interview for people that have good attitudes. Are they talking bad about their previous employer? Are they are they pointing the finger at someone else or are they taking responsibility for their own situation? And it's all in our words. And sometimes we show ourselves so easily in the words we choose or in the body language even that um, it reveals a story. Doesn't it? And to those that are, you know, have an expectation or have a desired result, you know, we can screen that conversation to fit what we want. And I, I, this might be going over some people as far as what I'm trying to say here. The truth of the matter is, in any conversation, we expose ourselves in that conversation. So we need to be careful about our choice of words. And we do need to check attitude at the door. And we also need to have an attitude of gratitude. And I can tell you that there's been many studies done that show that when we give, the joy is in the giving. When we give, that it creates dopamine, which is the happy place. You know, there's other things that can do that too. But one of the easiest things you can do is by giving. And sometimes it's easy as giving a hug. It's as easy as giving a thank you. So if you want to feel that happy dopamine feeling, then just be thinking about how you can give to somebody else and how you can think about all the things that you're thankful for. I had a really wonderful weekend this last weekend. I had a bridal shower for my lovely daughter, Tiana, and those that have listened for any length of time know that I have a son named Tyson who works with me at Ecola, and I have a daughter. Her name is Tiana, and she uh, got married last December, and I had prayed for a, a, a gentle giant, and we, we got exactly that and more, um, and they got married, and I had an I Do crew, which is a bachelorette party at my house and my daughter said it was she goes to a lot she's in a lot of weddings and she says that hers was her favorite and for me that's such a blessing because she was showing gratitude but she was really being truthful too and she wasn't making it up she was very happy about that so I told her that I wanted to have a baby shower because now she's with baby baby girl and so this last weekend we had a baby shower for her And again, she just uh, yesterday texted me and just said, just thank you so much. And I had such a wonderful time and I feel so loved and I love you so much. And what better words that a mother can hear than her children saying, I love you and thank you so much. Uh, It's just a wonderful feeling, isn't it? But then again, there's that thank you. It's that thankfulness, that thankful heart. It's having gratitude during this time. Because of my busy schedule and because I have my gifts and my little sister has her gifts, she she loves to cook. And so I buy the food and she cooks. And then we had a slew of people that loved cleaning, so they cleaned all the dishes. So we had a group time around the kitchen, and there were 14 total girls. And on Sunday, we decided to go to church. Uh, I got the motorhome out and all 12 girls 
uh, jumped into the motorhome and I delivered them to the church and everybody was wondering what was going on. But it was really funny to see everybody pile out of this, this little tiny motorhome. It was really fun. But anyway, so we had a great time. But the whole idea is, is the thankfulness that my little girl wasn't always happy. She wasn't, she didn't, you know, she thought maybe God wasn't hearing her prayers or, you know, why is it that she, all her friends were getting married, but she wasn't. And I'm going to have to have her on the show so she can talk about this from her heart because she can um, verbalize this so much better and articulate so much better than I can about her feelings that I'd love to have her on the show. So she's going to hear this show. And I'm hoping this is a a little nudge that um, she'll take me up on the offer and and come in and have a talk. We did do a TV show a while ago because I have Sue Freeze TV and you can look that up by going to SueFreeze.com. And uh, I asked her questions and uh, very real conversations about mother-daughter and about, you know, things that went well and things that could have been done better. Because here she is, and she's got baby in her stomach, and she loves that baby so much already, and only moms understand what this love is like. You, there's only, you, you can't explain it. It just happens. But she's talking about it, and I said, you know, um, we had everybody in a room, and we were saying prayers for her and talking to her. And I said, you know, it's amazing how smart my mother got when I had my children. It's amazing how wise she became in my eyes because I would call her and ask her a question, and all of a sudden she'd, she'd know, you know, what to do about a certain situation and it was just a wonderful thing and I know that I'm looking forward to that time for me to be the wise one even though I think she considers me wise anyway I think this time's going to be where I'm just going to maybe maybe just be able to be needed just a little more in this time and I'm looking forward so forward to that I know she's going to be a wonderful mom she's got a wonderful daddy Um, Mark is going to be a wonderful daddy and and it's going to be really fun so the topic of today with all of that, I wanted to give you a little uh, personal note of what's going on, um, is talking about gratitude and when we are going through hard times, that's the time we need to be grateful the most because we have to pull ourselves out of this down, this down season, the season where you feel like, gosh, I don't have the answers right now and I I just don't know what to do in the situation or... Um, why is all this happening right now? You know, we could ask all these questions or we could say, okay, what do we do in times like these? What is it that Sue Freeze can do? What is it that you can do during these times that can help you stay focused on him, our heavenly father? And it's finding things to be thankful for. Have you ever realized that no matter how bad things are, you can always find somebody that has things worse than you? Not that we're looking for that, but no matter how bad, there's a story out there, there's a person out there that is suffering or hurting more than you are. And the best thing we can do is look for opportunities to help another person by giving them a hug, by asking them if they need a ride, a smile, just anything. So gratitude is a choice. To really experience his peace, we must come to him with a thankful heart. This is by Nancy DeMoss Wolgamuth. Matthew Henry, the 18th century Puritan preacher, whose Bible commentary remains among the most popular of all time, 
was once accosted by robbers while living in London. Perhaps you've experienced this yourself, whether by having your car broken into or coming home to discover that your house has been burglarized. It's among the most unsettling things that can happen to a person. I'm sure it was as well for a quiet, thoughtful man of letters like Matthew Henry. Let me be thankful first, because I was never robbed before. Second, because although they took my purse, they did not take my life. Third, because although they took my all, it was not much. And fourth, because it was I who was robbed, not I who robbed. What a perspective. As someone has said, if you can't be thankful for what you receive, be thankful for what you escape. I haven't heard that before. And isn't that true? Wow, I like it. Gratitude is the pure, appropriate response to the saving and keeping grace of God. Its opposite is ingratitude, and it can be deceptively dangerous in our lives and relationships, in the ongoing struggle of daily life. Out there where feelings of disappointment and entitlement can easily talk louder than our best intentions. Why choose gratitude over ingratitude? For starters, here are three good reasons, personalizing and internalizing. These alone should be sufficient to continually outweigh whatever tempts us to whine when we should be worshiping. I think about my employees right now, and, and sometimes they'll come to me, and I always tell people, if you have a problem, have a solution. It might not be the one we choose, but at least it shows that you're in this with me, and we both are thinking about it. And sometimes they'll say, you want some cheese with that wine? And they'll laugh. I think it's funny, too. But anyway. So you're listening to The Sue Free Show. I'm thankful that you're tuning in right now to part one of Gratitude is a Choice. Number one, gratitude is a matter of obedience. Oh, how I wish it was enough for you and for me to do something just because God has told us to. Not because it would give us whiter teeth and fresher breath or improve our debt-to-income ratio or improve our dysfunctional relationships. No, just because he says so. Like being grateful, for instance, offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving, the psalmist wrote, and perform your vows to the Most High. That's Psalm fifty fourteen. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. The Psalms are filled with exhortations to thank the Lord for his steadfast love. For his wondrous works to the children of man, the attitude of gratitude is a clear command and expectation of God. If you right now were going to give yourself a scale test and say where you are on the scale of gratitude, where would you put your number? If it's from 1 to 10, where, where would your number be on gratitude right now? This is a check for you. Okay, and then ask yourself the next question. You got the number in your head. What is it that could take it from whatever that number is and, and make it higher? What is it something you could choose to do right here, right now, to up that scale? Because this is what we do with things in life. We have to evaluate, identify where we are currently, where we are right this minute. This is good for us personally to do an evaluation. It's also good in a relationship, whether it's child-mother, whether it's in an employee, um, employer relationship, whether it's husband-wife relationship, wherever you are. If you want things to improve, you have to know where you are. 
And then from there, you have to identify what the problem is and say, okay, what's it going to take to get it from here to there? And it's not always, if you're at a five, you don't go right to 10. It might be little baby steps, right? We have to do this little by little. So make a decision, make a commitment with whomever, or just with yourself. It might be just between you and God. But make a commitment that you're going to make a change right here, right now, to be more grateful. Because that's what we're talking about right now. This theme runs through the entire book of Colossians. In the course of just a few pages, the apostle exhorts believers about being always thankful, abounding in thanksgiving, devoting themselves to prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Then, as if summing up this whole idea, Paul seals it with one comprehensive, all-inclusive explanation. Gratitude is a choice. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. If you're sitting down to dinner, be thankful. If you're getting up to go to bed, be thankful. If you're coming out from under a two-week cold and cough, if you're paying bills, if you're cleaning up after overnight company, if you're driving to work, if you're changing a light bulb, if you're worshiping in a church service, if you're visiting a friend in the hospital, if you're picking up kids from school or practice, be thankful. God has commanded it for our good and for his glory. Number two, do you remember what number one was? Number one, gratitude is a matter of obedience. Number two, gratitude draws us close. God's command to be thankful is not the threatening demand of a tyrant. Rather, it is the invitation of a lifetime, the opportunity to draw near to him at any moment of the day. Do you sometimes long for a greater sense of God's nearness? Do you? When pressures intensify, when nighttime worries magnify in strength, when the days are simply piling up one after another, or when life simply feels dull and routine, do you crave the assurance of his presence? If you don't, why don't you? And if you did, what difference would it make? Hmm. The scripture says that God inhabits the praises of his people. God lives in the place of praise. If you want to be where he is, we need to go to his address. This is a recurring theme in the Psalms. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. That's Psalm 104. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving, 95-2. Thanksgiving ushers us into the very presence of God. The tabernacle in the Old Testament was the place God set apart to meet with his people. In front of the entrance of the Holy of Holies, the sacred seat of God's manifest presence, stood the altar of incense, where every morning and every evening the priest would offer up the sweet scents representing the prayers and thanksgiving of God's people who sought to draw near to him. Those ancient rituals were types and symbols of a relationship that we as New Testament believers can enjoy with God anytime, any place. Through his sacrifice on the cross, Christ has granted us access to the Father who dwells in us by his Spirit. Number three, gratitude is a sure path to peace. I know a lot of women who suffer from a noticeably deficiency of peace. I'm one of them sometimes. 
I'm not talking about a piece that equates to having a day with nothing on the calendar, plopping down on the sofa with a cup of hot tea and a good book. Not that this doesn't sound inviting, but let's be honest, that's a rare occasion for most of us. The piece I'm talking about doesn't require a mountain cabin or a getaway weekend. It can happen anywhere, even in the most hectic moments and places of your life, but only because gratitude knows where to look for it. If we were sitting across the table from each other, you could tell me what's stealing your peace right now without having to think hard. Could you do that? You may be grieving a loss that never settles far from your conscious thoughts. You may be crying yourself to sleep at night over a situation with a son or daughter that is beyond your ability to control, a failing marriage, a little one undergoing diagnostic medical tests, perhaps open rebellion against God and against your parenting decisions. Maybe you're facing some health issues of your own, or your income just isn't meeting your monthly expenses, or your church is in turmoil over some hot-button issue. We know that we can and should pray about these matters, but praying is not all that we can and should do. Do not be anxious about anything, the Apostle Paul wrote, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Did you get that? With thanksgiving. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love this verse, Philippians 4, 6, 7. Remember it. I would love it if you would put it in your mind forever. Memorize it. To put it even more simply in every situation, prayer plus thanksgiving equals what? Prayer plus thanksgiving equals peace. When prayer teams up with gratitude, when we open our eyes wide enough to see God's mercies even in the midst of our pain, and when we exercise faith and give him thanks even when we can't see those mercies, he meets us with his indescribable peace. It's a promise. Oh, we can try it the other way without thanksgiving. And by doing that, by substituting the familiar phrases from Philippians 6, 7, with their polar opposites. Do not be calm about anything, but in everything by dwelling on it constantly and feeling picked on by God with thoughts like, and this is the thanks I get. Present your aggravations to everyone you know but him, and the acid in your stomach, which transcends all milk products, will cause you an ulcer, and the doctor bills will cause you a heart attack, and you will lose your mind. That doesn't sound very appealing, does it? That's the opposite of memorizing the other verse. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Prayer is vital, but to really experience his peace, we must come to him with gratitude. Hard gratitude, costly gratitude, the kind that trusts that he is working for our good, even in unpleasant circumstances, the kind that garrisons our troubled hearts and minds with his unexplainable peace. Are you facing one or more chaotic, unsettled situations? Is your soul weary from striving, stress, and strain? There is peace, my friend, God's peace, waiting for you just beyond the doors of deliberate gratitude. But the only way to find it is to go there and see for yourself. God's peace is one of the many blessings that live on the other side of gratitude. That is such a wonderful reminder to you and to me 
that we need to be giving thanks and we need to be praying without ceasing with gratitude about the things that we're liking that are happening and even about the things that really don't feel real good. We have to thank the Lord for all of these things. And when I look back over my past and the things that I've been through, those things created me on the who I am now and has given me the strength to endure what I'm facing now. So this is uh, really helpful. So we will be back with more of the Sue Free Show for part two. Have you noticed more insects or rodents in your yard or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season. Hey there, cutie. What's your sign? Hi, this is Sue Freeze of Ecola Termite Pest Control, but you can call me the Termite Lady. And I'm Tyson Freeze, manager at Ecola. When pests start mating, they start looking for food supplies. Your pantry, your garage, and a quick infestation can cost hundreds in tainted food. You don't want pests in your house. We know how to find and eliminate them before they can settle in. Call us for our free pestimate at 877-332-BUGS. New customers get $50 off any initial treatment. Pests hate that we make our service so affordable. Don't let insects and rodents move in. Call E. Cola now, 877-332-BUGS. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. E. Cola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. E. Cola, 877-332-BUGS. TermiteLady.com. What would you do if your two-year-old child simply stopped breathing? The day businesswoman and author Sue Freeze discovered her son had developed life-threatening asthma, her life changed forever, sending her on a path of learning, discovery, and environmental activism. Sue's book, Learning to Breathe, chronicles her amazing life-and-death battle for her son Tyson's life, a how-to manual for parents of children with asthma. Revealing the secret causes, surprising cures, and the untold truth about harmful indoor allergens. Written with the passion of a loving mother, wisdom of a successful businesswoman, and deep spiritual devotion, learning to breathe is a hero's journey for the parent in all of us. If your child suffers from asthma, this must-read book could save your child's life. Learning to Breathe by author Sue Freeze, available on Amazon, or log on to SueFreeze.com. That's SueFreeze.com. SueFreeze.com. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze. So here we are for part two of The Sue Freeze Show, and I'm so grateful to be with you for the second half because we're talking about being thankful, and I am very thankful. How about you? Where's your heart right now? Are you thankful even for things that you're not happy about, that aren't feeling real good. Are you thankful for those two? Because we need to be thankful in all things. Because, you know, we don't always understand what God's doing, do we? And he's not done with us, thank God. And it's a journey. You know, when I was younger, uh, I felt like every little thing that happened was the end of the world. I felt like I had to fix everything like right now. I was the peacemaker and I had to fix it. I had to fix it. And some things just could not be fixed. I couldn't fix them. So then I had to learn what I, you know, what I could and could not do, and I had to put the rest with the Lord. So ask yourself right now that same question. In the situation you're in that's causing something to not just go right or feel right, what do you actually have any power over? 
I've been waking up in the middle of the night because I'm in a lot of pain because of the leg. I had surgery and it's a long story. But anyway, I'm in a lot of pain. So I'm taking medication, which fogs my brain a little bit. And um, I, I wake up like around two or three in the morning. I wake up and I start stressing over a certain situation that's happening right now. And you know what it's doing is it's just causing me to be unhealthy and it's causing me not to be able to function at full capacity. And I'm already on only in second gear, according to the people that know me well, because of my uh, surgery and not being able to get around at the speed in which I'm used to moving. So I'm in second gear, and then I don't get any sleep. So that puts me maybe in first gear, and I like to be full throttle. So it's really a difficult time for me. But what I had to discover, and I really had to put into perspective is, is this worry going to really make any difference? Is it going to change a thing? And the answer is no. So I had to I had to tell my brain to stop worrying about this thing because it's not going to make any difference at all. All it's doing is causing me to not be healthy. And I need all my energy towards getting healing in my leg. I need all my energy to force force down on that leg and just totally heal those holes from those pins and just heal my knee from the surgery and just all of that. So all that focus that I'm worried and I've got all that energy going in a negative place is not doing anything positive for my body. And I need my body at full capacity. And I'm saying this not for my good, but for yours, because I have a feeling that there might be something that you might be worrying about that you have no power over. And if it's true that you do, identify what it is, and then you you just need to give it over to the Lord. And even after you physically have to put it in your hand and hand it over to the Lord, just do it. Hand it to him. Just know that he can handle these things so much better than you and I can. He totally can. He has a better understanding. He knows. He knows what we think. We're not keeping anything from him anyway. You realize that, right? Just because you're not saying it, it doesn't mean he does not. He doesn't know what you're thinking because he does. He tells us that he knows every thought. He holds every thought captive. He knows every thought and every word. He knows every hair on your head. You must be really special for him to know all that. So the power of a thankful heart. I'm personally experiencing this, and I want you to experience this too. And sometimes you need to have this aha moment to say, man, I have been so dwelling in the negative. I've been dwelling in poor as me or woe is me or oh, why is this happening to me? Instead of, man, I'm thankful it's not worse than it is. I'm thankful that I have a bed to sleep in. I'm thankful that I have food on the table. I'm thankful that I have two eyes and nose and a mouth. I'm thankful that I have two legs and it's just going to be a matter of time to heal. I'm so thankful that I have a car to drive. Do you know how many people don't? Do you know how many people are sleeping in their cars right now? Do you know how many people are sleeping out on the sidewalks? It's sad. And it's been pretty cold out there, don't you think? So rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 18. It is not always easy to give thanks. But this is the very thing we must do in order to seek God's will accomplished in our lives. Did you hear that? I I like people to tell me what it is I need to do in order to get what I need to get. Are you like that? Just tell me what I need to do. Tell me what I need to do to blah, 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 blah. I remember back in school, the teacher the first day would say, okay, here's the deal. Here's the rules. You want to get an A? This is what you need to do. You, you know, do extra homework or do this or do that. If you miss a day of school, this is what you need to do to make up that day. If you miss a homework assignment, this is what you can do to fix that. But you need to know what it's going to take to get what? The A. And, and we should always be shooting for the moon. 
Do you realize that? Shoot higher. Shoot higher because we, we, we fall short, don't we? So if you shoot higher, you're going to end up maybe at 80%. And that's better than if you shot at 80% and you only hit 60%, right? So push yourself. Push yourself to do more, to be more. And this is even in the thankful department. Push yourself to be more thankful. Push yourself to pray more. Push yourself to give more. And it's not always money. Do you know we exchange time for money? You have to work. And the time that you invest at work, you're getting money for. So you're doing an exchange, right? So sometimes your time is worth more. I will tell you with your family and your relationships, guess what? What's more important, your money or your time? What's more important? It's pretty amazing to think about it like that. This is how we move into higher realms of faith for ourselves, for our city, and for our nation. When we give thanks in the midst of difficulty, we bring pleasure to God's heart and breakthrough begins. He is looking for people who live in a realm of praise and thanksgiving where the enemy no longer has an ability to hold or manipulate. Satan is defeated when we have a thankful heart because thankfulness during difficulty is a sacrifice pleasing to God. Are you thankful? Are you thankful for your present circumstances? Think about it. Are you? Be honest. Are you thankful for your salvation, your friendships, and your job? Are you thankful for the way God made you? Are you? Thankfulness is a key to your life. It is the key that turns your situation around because it changes you, your outlook, and your attitude. There is power in a thankful heart. Thanksgiving brings contentment. An attitude of thanksgiving accepts and embraces God's will. Begin to thank God for all the blessings he has given instead of dwelling on the negative. That's really good advice right there. Get a notepad out. Get a pen out. And just write down everything that you're thankful for. Do it. You'd be amazed how you feel at the end of that. You'd be amazed at how you feel. Discontent dries up the soul. Look at what Elizabeth Elliot, who lost her husband on the mission field and faced multitudes of hardships, says about loving God's will and being content. Okay, do you get a feel for where this woman is right now? She lost her husband on the mission field and faced multitudes of hardships. And here's her heart and her head. To love God is to love his will. It is to wait quietly for life to be measured by one who knows us through and through. It is to be content with his timing and his wise apportionment. It is to follow in the steps of the master, as did Paul, who was able to say that he had learned contentment no matter what the circumstances His circumstances when he wrote that prison, no easy lesson, but great gain, which is the sum of godliness plus contentment. First Timothy six, six. Look at the example of Jesus. He followed the will of his father to the very end. He obeyed without complaint in Philippians two, five and eight. Paul says that we should have that same attitude. Jesus made himself nothing and took on the very nature of a servant. He humbled himself and became obedient to death. We also are to have this same attitude with a humble and thankful acceptance of God's will for our lives. Jesus embraced hardship without a complaint. 
The Duke of Wellington was a British military leader who regretted that he had not learned the secret of praise during his lifetime. He had many great accomplishments and even defeated Napoleon at Waterloo. He was a brilliant and demanding man, and when he was older, he realized that there were areas in his life that needed to change. In his old age, a woman asked him this question. What would you do differently if you had your life to live over again? So ask yourself that. What would you do differently if you had your life to live over again? Write it down. What would you do different? And here's what this gentleman said. He thought carefully and said, I would give more praise. You know, as an employer, I'm just going to side note here, and they say that, uh, you know, employees want money, but they want to belong, and they want to feel appreciated. They want to feel valued. So how do you do that? You recognize when they stand out, when they do something, you recognize it, and you tell them, you give them praise, and you appreciate them. That's what we do. Would you know who is the greatest saint in the world? It is he who is always thankful to God who wills everything that God wills, who receives everything as an instance of God's goodness and has a heart always ready to praise God for it. Could you therefore work miracles? You could not do more for yourself than by this thankful spirit, for it turns all that it touches into happiness. David writes in Psalm 116.17, I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. Did you know that thanking God for a difficulty is actually an offering that he highly values. I haven't heard that. Whew, I've been saying that we need to do that, right? And I need to do that. And here's what it's saying, that it's an offering that he highly values. You are bringing a gift of thanks to him. It is so easy to complain. It is so easy to point the finger and find fault. But to come with the opposite attitude and give thanks brings breakthrough and joyful contentment. Who's ready for that? See, that was, that's just telling you what we need to do, isn't it? It's telling you what we need to do. How to practice thankfulness. Do you need to practice it? Are you doing it enough? If not, then I guess we need to practice it. Let each of us seek to have an attitude of gratitude and thanksgiving and rise to a new level of holiness. Are you ready? Here are some ways to practice this attitude in everyday life. Listen, if you're new to the Sue Free Show, I just want to say thank you so much for joining the Sue Free Show, and I would love to connect with you. How do I do that, Sue? How you do that is you go to Sue Free, spelt like fries, one word, dot com. When you go there, uh, put in your information. If you have a prayer request, if you have a resource that you need or that you have, let me know and get on my, my contact list so that we can talk and connect because I really want to connect with you, okay? So here we go. You ready? Thank and praise God for everything in your life. Thank him for even the difficulties. It is a sacrifice to this, but he can turn troubles into triumphs. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess his name, Hebrews thirteen 15. Don't allow yourself to complain about anything. During the difficult times, be very careful to watch your tongue. Instead of complaining, think of ways you can verbally offer God the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Even in your trials and tribulations, you want to give thanks. Not so easy, but possible, and the benefits are there. Don't compare yourself with others. Don't wish your life were different. God knows what is best. The Bible says that having a thankful heart is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. When we begin to thank God for what we have, rather than comparing ourselves with others, it opens the door for God's blessings. Each one 
should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. Galatians 6, 4. Most of us are in need of breakthroughs in prayer. The enemy is fighting hard with fiery darts of discouragement and lies. The way we will begin to deal with the lies and the vicious ways he tries to destroy our joy is through the power of a thankful heart. As we cultivate a lifestyle of worship and praise in the magnificent splendor of God, we will be able to break through the strategies of the enemy. A worshipful and thankful life permeates the atmosphere with the presence of God. Because worship is the atmosphere where God's truth dwells. Worship. God smiles when we praise and thank Him continually. Few things feel better than receiving heartfelt praise and appreciation from someone else. God loves it too. An amazing thing happens when we offer praise and thanksgiving to God. When we give God enjoyment, our own hearts are filled with joy. So now the question is, where are you in your thankfulness? Where are you in this scale from 1 to 10? Where are you? And now from what you've heard on this show today, what decisions are you going to make? What identifying processes are you going to do, take to make a difference for you moving forward? Do you know that things that we just start today, yesterday is gone and we we learned from yesterday, but we have now, we only have now, we never know when our time has come or the person that maybe we have an altercation with that we need to mend that We don't know how much time that person has. So the best time to deal with something, anything, is right now. But you want to be prayed up, don't you? You want to have his blessing. You want to guide yourselves with the Holy Spirit. You want to have his guidance to know how to time the message that you have. And you want to make sure that your motives are correct to where the resolve is resolution, where two people understand each other's point of view, to seek to understand more than to be understood, and to come to some win-win some way. In business, it's so vitally important, the relationships that we have, and even more so in our personal life. Our relationships are everything. I have found, you know, I get interviewed for uh, leadership and for running a company and whatnot, and they'll say, what do you think sets you apart, Sue? What sets you apart from others? And I think leaders, I know leaders need to be teachable. They need to be humble, but they need to be teachable and they need to be willing to accept responsibility when they are wrong. You know, um, I, I don't enjoy saying I was wrong, but I don't enjoy it when another person doesn't say they are wrong either. In fact, that bothers me so much. You know, they say when you have one finger pointed out, there's three pointing back at you. And that's so true. And we need to be looking at the person in the mirror. You need to be looking at you. And you ask God to search you and know you. And if there's any evil way, you want the Lord to pluck that out somehow. Reveal it to you so that you can get better and be more for him, for his glory. And don't you think that if you're better for him since he created us, don't you think you'd be better for everybody around us too? Of course you would. You know, people that are thinking about leaving in their marriage, they're leaving their marriage, um, just I I would heed some advice to you and say that the Lord's not happy when there's hardness of heart. 
the Lord's not happy when we don't hold to our commitments. So what I would say is whatever work, whatever thing you need to do in your relationship for yourself, in anything that you can change, anything that you can evaluate and realize you have a part in, if you can work on those areas, you know, you could still leave. Or those changes that you make could cause it to where you don't have to leave. But either way, if you don't work on you now, these same problems are going to exist later. And if you don't work on yourself now, you're going to take you with you wherever you go. So wouldn't it be better for us all to evaluate and ask the Lord to reveal to us what areas in our lives we could do better, that we could do more like him, Christ? Because he says, love thy God with all your heart, soul, mind, and body, and then love thy neighbor as thyself. And if we love our own bodies, shouldn't we love our neighbor? Not their body so much, but we have to protect and take care of ourselves. But we are to love our neighbor. Now, identify who is your neighbor. Is it just the person next door? Or is it the person sitting next to you on a bus or an airplane? Everybody is your neighbor. We all bleed the same don't we? We all bleed the same. So we were all created for his glory and we need to treat each other with respect and kindness and love. And that doesn't mean to put up with something if you need a healthy boundary and, and you know, you don't need to be walked all over. You need to state your case. I, I, I had a problem with that early on that I was a peacemaker and I didn't have healthy boundaries. But in healthy boundaries, there's a book for that. In Healthy Boundaries, when I read that book, it was an eye-opener for me because we get what we tolerate, and uh, that might hurt some of you you know, to hear that, but it's true. I mean, if you're complaining about something or if you're feeling like things aren't going the way you want, evaluate what it is you're allowing in your life, and you get what you tolerate. So in that regard, I would say that you know, evaluate what's going on, evaluate your heart, evaluate your prayer life, evaluate your thankfulness and your gratitude meter. And start there, because somehow there's strength in that, and it fights the fight for you. And I know this firsthand because I'm living this right here, right now. I have some huge battles going on right now, and I also know that I can't control and I can't fix everything. So what can I do? What can you do in your battles? What part of this can you do something about? I used to have a poster in my bedroom when I was growing up, and it was... God grant me the serenity to accept the things I I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Because there are things that we can do something about, and there's a lot of things we can't. But in all things, we can give thanks. And in all things, we can praise Him and put our faith and our trust in Him because He's the one that can work it out so much better than we can. I hope this has been encouraging to you. Because I tell you, I'm fighting this fight right now. I'm in this battle. Maybe not the same exact battle as you are in, but we're in this. And the devil doesn't want us to to succeed. He doesn't want us to be victorious. But the Lord says, and the Bible says, that we are victorious. I want you to go to Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one word, dot com. And when you go there, there are 10 years of podcasts, and they have different subject matters. I don't talk about the same thing. It's different every single week because life is a journey, and we're going through different things at different times, aren't we? <laughs> I know I am, and I would suppose you are too. And, and that's both good and bad, isn't it? 
So go there, check out my podcast, and you can listen to them at your leisure. You can turn it on on your smartphone as you're driving if you've got a half hour or an hour. And just listen, and I think it will encourage and help you. And for those that have been listening for any length of time, thank you so much for your faithfulness of listening. And those of you that have reached out and told me that uh, the show has been encouraging and that um, you're thankful for it, I th- I'm thankful for you because you encourage me to continue on down this road. It's not easy to come in here, and it, it is a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice of my time. Because I have a business to run, and I have children, and I have a lot of other uh, ministry house that if you want to donate to that, that's also available. And I'm, I'm told I should tell you that every single show. It's the DSF Foundation. That's D as in uh, disciple, S as in set, and F as in free um, foundation. And if you want to donate money, I'd really appreciate it. Uh, we, we need all the money we can get to help with this domestic violence, Mothers with Children. And it is uh, up and running now. It's been a 50-year dream that has come to fruition. And it's wonderful, but uh, it still needs support. So if you'd like to support us with that, go to Sue Free, spelled like fries, oneword.com. Go there, connect with me, check it out. There's a lot there. There's TV shows, podcasts, and uh, the IMs. I hope you download those. God bless you. Be a blessing to someone each and every day. Bye-bye. It's a time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home, your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E. coli Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. E. coli has one-time services, ongoing monthly services, their most popular and economical every-other-month service, and even quarterly service for occasional pest problems. E. coli keeps rats and mice out and eliminates insects in their nests. It's the most effective way. And their termite control is legendary. So call E. coli today for a free estimate of complete pest control at 877-332-BUGS. No more creepy-crawly critters like ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, rats, and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their two-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS.